0: I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Moro Gatti. Moro is the chief creative officer at JibJab, where he oversees the creative direction and works to further evolve JibJab's brand and content library. And we'll talk quite a bit about JibJab, but prior to JibJab, Moro was the digital creative director for StoryBots, an award-winning educational entertainment broadcast program on Netflix. Before that, he was living in Italy and co-founded Mutato, a creative studio in Milan, and worked with a number of clients such as MTV, Nike, Disney, Diesel, Nickelodeon, Barilla, Vans, Red Bull, and Vogue, among others. And In the last couple of years, he's also launched the Happy Broadcast, a counter-hate and fear culture project that features illustrated, positive news from around the world. The project so far has gained an audience of more than 600,000 followers on social media. So on the show today, Moro and I talk quite a bit about his love of creativity um, as a passion and what drives him and how he finds his own happiness. So I hope you enjoy this show with
1: Moro. Gatti. Mauro, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to have you. And I'd
0: love to start with where you grew up in Italy, because you definitely have an accent. So let's talk about where you came from.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. So I grew up in northern Italy, a small town. So I'm a country boy and when you think at italy you know usually people tend to paint italy in, in broad strokes you know so but italy uh is divided in many regions uh, so many cultural varieties and i come from the north so when you when you think at north and south i always say that the south is more like california and the north is more like new york so <laughs> the north is very industrialized. And even like weather-wise, it's not the best place to be, you know? It's like foggy, rainy, it's humid, it's cold, very cold in winter. So people tend to be very workaholic, you know? So I grew up in a family that was very focused on like working, working all the time. So especially my dad was like uh, trying to teach me since, I was a kid, how to make a living for myself, which is weird when you're like, you know, 10 or 11. So the funniest memory is that while, you know, in Italy, we we have a, a three month uh, summer break, you know, mm. after the school year. Uh, and all my friends were like, you know, out and about, you know, uh, riding bikes, playing football. But my dad, uh, you know, wanted to give me a lesson in like earning a living at that age. So he sent me to work uh, in a a butcher shop uh, (laughs) of of one of my relatives. And so it was like an interesting summer for sure. And I I had some money to buy a new bike, uh, but I think it laid the foundation for me being vegan. Uh, because the things that I saw that summer, I feel like they got like hatched into my brain and my eyes. So, yeah. So I, I, I feel like that I'm a workaholic, which is also like very different from the stereotypical image of like Italians, you know, that love to party and yeah. enjoy. And, and I wish I could be that, but instead I work like 16 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's,
0: uh, it, it's funny, uh, in many respects, like this story about the butcher shop and, you know, it, it, potentially that, uh, setting you on your path to become vegan. I have many friends that I've met over the years that, you know, may have, may have started, a, uh, you know, an hourly job working in fast food or something like that, and, or a restaurant in general, and never wanting to eat that food again. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what that says about people, but um, I guess once you, so to speak, see the sausage made, maybe you don't want to eat the sausage.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I agree, and and I know for sure that I have friends that have done the same thing, and they love meat. So I feel like it hits people in in different ways, you know. Right. But I've always been like a, a huge animal lover and advocate. So. For me, um, it was kind of a kind of a shock because, you know, we're used in this time and age. You go to the supermarket, you buy a package and that's it. You know, you don't see the whole process. But, you know, at 11, seeing the whole process was like, okay. so that nice sausage (laughs) that I see in the store (laughs) comes from (laughs) this. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Well, and I I do have a warm place in my heart for Italy and but I would encourage people like you like you describe Italy. It's very different depending on where you are. Um my first trip there was with my soon to be uh wife and actually ended up proposing in Florence to her on the Ponte Vecchio bridge uh
1: which had oh, like wow. a family connection.
0: Yeah. That's the he, most romantic
1: thing ever.
0: I, yeah, well it, it it's earned me many many points uh for the rest <laughs> of my life <laughs> so to speak but uh but we took a car uh and drove uh literally uh for, well we stayed uh we went I I guess we went Rome took a few towns towards the north we went drove drove all the way to Venice and then back over to Cinque Terre. Oh wow. And so uh just driving frankly um you get to see a lot, right? You get to see the, like you described, like the industrial north. I remember, I think it was outside Bologna. Uh, it was fairly industrialized. And then, you know, and then you see completely different things between Rome and say a small, you know, uh, coastal town like Cinque Terre or something like that.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, amazing. just describe, you just describe what's the best experience. I mean, if I have a suggestion, it's usually like, The the best part of Italy, in my personal opinion, is like the drive between cities, you Mm -hmm. know, because there are like so many hidden gems uh, in terms of like uh, food, uh, Mm -hmm. monuments, landscape, uh, buildings, art uh, that is not as mainstream uh, as the one in the big cities. Because, of course, I mean, Florence, Venice, Rome, Milan, I mean, beautiful cities that are worth visiting, uh, and but the cultural richness of Italy is also like in between the cities, you know? It's pretty much everywhere. I mean, uh, like the little town where I come from, uh, you know, was like one of the first Roman outposts in the North mm-hmm. uh, because my town lays uh, uh, around like a river, which back in the days was the main source of like life. So I grew up, uh, you know, playing with my friends uh, in between jobs, uh, let me say, playing (laughs) with my friends on like Roman ruins, you know, which is mind blowing because, you know, growing up uh, uh, with that like uh, variety, with that richness of of history, at at some point you're like numbed, you know, you don't even (laughs) recognize it. But especially moving here, you know, you look back and you're like, oh my God, you know, yeah. It's really like an old country, you know, Italy. So yeah. driving around uh, is is a great way to like uh, discover the real soul of Italy, you know, which is far from the um tourist traps uh that sometimes you find in big cities.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Well, we could talk all day about Italy. I'm sure let's talk a little bit about business and and what was your path from you know those early days in Italy uh growing up to being now the chief creative officer at jib jab?
1: yeah, that's a good question uh so you want me to start from the from the butcher gig or uh... <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can start a little later if you want if you want yeah, so i I mean, I've always been fascinated by creativity. And uh, there has just been like a a moment in my life where I wanted to be a doctor. I think Mm -hmm. I was like a a fan of the ER show on TV. So, (laughs) and I was like, oh, I just want to be a doctor. You know, I just want to be like George Clooney. But, you know, beside the little stint, I've always loved creativity. You know, I feel like in the 80s, I'm 42. So, Again, I grew up in a time where there was no internet, nothing. So the TV was the main um, driver of what was design, you know, um, commercial design, you know, marketing in in that age. And I feel like that the 80s was like a wild era when it comes to, you know, advertising and creativity. So and I was spending like both my parents were like working, you know, all day. Mm-hmm. So I, I was spending like a lot of time in front of the TV. and. I always known that I wanted to be to work in that field. So yeah, I started to work in the creative field. Uh, I, I think I was fifteen the first time uh, that I did some like illustration for like CD-ROMs. Uh, mm. So that was the the real deal back in the days. Like CD-ROMs was the was the core business of many companies. <laughs> right. um, but then internet came. Uh, and by internet, I mean that like very slow, modern based, uh, you know, thing, which is very different from now. But then, yeah, I I, I mean, I, I started to dip my toes into advertising. Uh, and then, you know, I moved to, you know, working for like major, you know, companies and agencies. Uh, I worked for like um, MTV, I worked for, like, you name them, all the major advertising agencies uh, in Italy, Europe. uh, And I got to a point where I saw an opportunity of, like, creating, like, a a 100% digital advertising agency. Because most Mm -hmm. of the, the, you know, biggest agencies, they were still focused on traditional media. And, And digital was just, like, a little side on, you know, when when they were like talking to a client about the project, it was like, okay, put the majority of your budget in print, in TV, and then, you know, a little bit on digital, but I was always like looking at the other side of the ocean here and the US was already evolved um, in that sense. So I decided to create my agency and uh, bet, you know, on that decision. And it worked out pretty well. I mean, we started slow. It was me and my business partner. We started slow, but you know, after like three years we were like more than 30 people. Uh, Then the iPhone, you know, the first iPhone arrived. uh, And uh, even in that case, we wanted to jump on the train, you know, as soon as possible. And so Mm -hmm. we were one of the first agencies in Italy to create apps, and so we grew, we grew, we grew uh, even more. But at, at, at some point, you know, my creative soul felt trapped because I was more like managing the company, managing people, and um, so I told my business partner to, you know, um, try and sell the company or like find like a partner to. You know, grow even more, or like give me the freedom to be, you know, like a chief creative officer. So just right. focusing on, on creativity. And um, eventually we sold the company to the Diagosini Group, which is the biggest, you know, European publishing group. And um, I worked for them for a few years. And, uh, and then again, I decided that it was time for me to try something different. You know, mm-hmm. so after a couple of years, uh, I put my finger on the, on, on, on like the world map, uh, and I decided that California was like a, a, a good place, <laughs> you know, after many years, uh, like I was saying, uh, in the fog and humidity, uh, <laughs> I, I just wanted to have like a pleasant, uh, you know, all year long summer experience right. and, um, Yeah. And I moved here and uh, I started working on this amazing kids show that is called like um, uh, Ask the Storybots, uh, which is now like a Netflix original. But back in the days, it was like the early days uh, of the project. And uh, I was put in charge of, you know, the digital expansion of the project. Uh, After like a couple of years, uh, you know, the show was like very successful. Uh I even won like an Emmy award for um my work on the show. And once again, at that point I won a new challenge, and the creators of uh, uh storybots uh, were also the founders of like Jeep okay. And so they asked me to you know work on Jeep uh while they were focusing on the you know kids show. And um, I started working on jibjab I really loved it. Uh, after one year, they sold, uh, you know, um, the company to mm. Catapult, uh, which now owns jibjab uh, And they asked me to, you know, stay in the company and uh, as a, you know, chief creative officer. And yeah, and that's the, that's that's the story. That is
0: a story. I mean, it's amazing to uh, have somebody, you know, that's essentially had many different stops, if you will, like agency, TV agency, show, uh, you know, more entertainment shows to, you know, internet and apps is the common thread through that entire journey. Is it just the desire to, to express creativity?
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I feel I feel like you described perfectly what is like my drive. Um, <laughs> it, it's like I feel like we all have a gift, you know, Maradona, the best soccer player in the world, he had that mm. gift. You know, Michelangelo had that gift and so mm-hmm. forth. And absolutely I'm not putting myself up in the Olympus of <laughs> these people. I was just like <laughs> just saying. But my gift uh, was like being a creative person. And uh, I, I believe in like wearing many hats when you're creative. I feel like my creativity comes out when I'm cooking, uh, my creativity comes out. I mean, it's like a 360 degrees quote unquote, like power that, that, that I have. So I've, I've always wanted to express my creativity on um, several different projects. So because otherwise it becomes boring, like like when I was describing my experience with my agency, you know, after 10, 15 years of doing that, uh, unless something happens, like, you know, we started doing like a website and then we started to doing like apps and then Facebook came and we started to do creative advertising on Facebook. So you always have like these different challenges. uh, And I love that part uh, But at some point uh, um, you, you, you got into this like plateau, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's where I'm like, okay, now I want to do kids shows. That's where you get, I feel like I got my, I I don't know, I feel energized, you know? So even now that I work in Jeep job, you know, on, on the side, I uh, write and illustrate like children's book or I have like you know, um, this project that is called the happy broadcast that, you know, I use as an outlet, you know, to express my creativity, you know, not because, you know, I don't like what I do in Jeep job, but I feel like I can do better in Jeep job. If I, you know, feed, uh, myself, uh, with, uh, more opportunities to express my creativity. I feel like that creativity as much as like happiness positivity whatever is like a muscle and you mm-hmm. have to train it and you have to feed it with different ingredients uh, otherwise there is going to be like a atrophy you know you always right. do the same thing at some point you're not interested it becomes like a routine and, and and i feel that routines are dangerous when you're like a creative person yeah
0: i can agree with that let's talk a little bit about jib jab what what, how would you describe jib jab today
1: yeah that's that's a that's a very good question because the 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 funny thing is that you know jib jab is always remembered and will always be remembered for the dancing elves yes (laughs) and and it's it's fantastic because it means that jib jab has a very solid dna and um every time I was like in a Uber or Lyft uh, and it seems like uh, an ages ago. I mean, I haven't been <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a car probably for the past, you know, uh, year, but uh, whenever they ask me like, what do you do? And I say, oh, I work for Jeep job. They always say, oh my God, the dancing gals, you know, <laughs> uh, even though we have done like, I would say thousands of new cards. But that's the challenge. And going back to the, what I was saying before, to me, the challenge is not to erase the past, uh, but it's just to create a new present, you know? Mm. So I would say that, you know, we live in a time uh, of like disposable content, uh, if you will. That's my yeah. definition, you know, the gifts, uh, the emojis, uh, you receive them, you're like in a conversation and you instantly forget about them and you just move on. So JibJab is is different, you know. JibJab uh, is, is a company that offers, you know, users a way to tell a story they can be part of, you know, like a meaningful story. You know, it can be a story of love, uh, laughter, or just a silly dance, you know. Anything that gives... The users a chance to share happiness and connect um with their loved ones. Um the reason why, you know, um I would say that the reason why people love Jeep Job content is often related to the reaction of the receiver of that content. You know, <laughs> because it's not a gif, it's not a meme, you know, it's a it's right. a high value production video that on top of it, also features yourself and someone that you love. So uh, to reiterate the concept again, I mean, we're not in the business of like um, fast food content, you know, so to speak. We believe in these like personalized piece uh, that you can share again with, with, uh, with, with someone you love because there is nothing better than make someone you love happy with just a couple of clicks. You know, you go into the app, you put your face in and then you can share like amazing content with uh, uh, your loved ones. Mm.
0: I love it. I love it. And I know you guys have launched a number, I mean, like you said, thousands of content pieces since the elves, the dancing elves, but uh, this year in particular, you've got an amazing year end video saluting, so to speak, (laughs) 2020 um, and then you also got involved in the in the latest election cycle in in uh, the U.S. with the Go Vote video. Um, what tell tell us a little bit about those efforts and how you're, um you know what's new, if you will, in general at at Jib Jab.
1: Yeah. So in, in general, uh, I feel like that we are trying to create like more and more content that has the classic jib job ingredients, you know, it's funny, it's mm-hmm. catchy. There is a good music. Uh, um, and because we believe that laughter is the, is the best medicine, I would mm. say that this year has been like a year that needs a lot of that medicine, you know? So on top of like, uh, we have increased the number of like uh, birthday content because this year, especially people cannot celebrate birthdays in person. Mm. so. And we have seen like uh that the category numbers have like um increased a lot. we have created like um, quarantine specific content and uh you know the results has been like mind blowing I feel like that the quarantine birthday song uh, the, the that that specific piece has been one of the most shared uh, this year and that tells you the sentiment you know around jib the People really chose uh, JibJab to fill the gap, you know, that this year has created, which is like, I cannot be with someone in person. So, you know, I want like a meaningful, well-made piece of content that will just reduce that gap or will create like a bond, like an emotional bond, um, even if you're not in person. But we have also for the first time in many years uh, decided to a release like a, a, a video for the election for the past elections and B to release a video uh called ear in review, which was a staple of Jeep Jab uh, back in the days. Uh, but this is the first time in six years. The last one was released in 2014 and what is like a, Year in review is just like a quick montage um like i was saying before beautifully made uh, uh, original song and all of that uh, that tells the good and bad things that happen in in the year but through a lens of like you know humor and yeah. positivity so y- you know like we do believe that you know creativity can inspire and mobilize people, you know, can start a productive dialogue, uh, deliver a message. uh, And, uh, you know, no matter on what side of the aisle you are, there are like common things, which is like I was saying before, you know, the fun, the laughter, uh, the trying to, you know, bring people together through something as simple as a video. Those are like things that we really... Uh, believe in as much as like you know encouraging audience to look beyond uh, the all the noise uh, that there is uh, and look towards like a more positive future hmm.
0: well, one of the things I mean uh, you you keep talking about humor and laughter is the best medicine um, you mean you can't help and and then I want to talk a, 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 at some point about the happy broadcast project, but this notion of happiness or enjoyment something that continues to come come through in, in both like your personal pursuits as well as, you know, a jib jab as a business. What does it mean to you to be happy? Like what, how do you think about happiness?
1: Wow. This is like a profound question. <laughs> uh, I hope I'll give you a profound answer. But I mean, I, I would say the first of all, you know, happiness is very subjective. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, going back to the marketing commercials uh, that I was saying before, you know, like uh, companies that sell product tends to tell you that like we share, you know, a common idea of happiness or happiness is like this thing or that thing. So I believe that happiness is very subjective. There is like a common foundation and that's where going back to Jeep job, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying mm-hmm. to distill the basic elements of what makes people happy and then put your face in it and create a video that you can share. To me mm-hmm. personally, happiness means try to use my creativity. First of all, is like working. Working makes right. me very happy. Exercise my creativity, having the opportunity of being creative is already like a huge win for me. But what makes me even more happy is like use my creativity to bring happiness to people. And it doesn't matter if it's one person or like a billion, like Jab serves like 1.3 million active subscribers, which is already amazing for me just to create like a a piece of content that will be seen by that many eyes. Um, Mm -hmm. But in general, for me, it's like, being blessed to be creative uh, having the opportunity to work for a company that gives me the freedom to exercise my creativity and then outside of my you know uh paycheck uh, you know like situation i can still do a lot of creative things so I would say that, yeah, my, my definition of, of, of happiness is there because I don't want to say like, oh, being healthy and this kind of stuff, because I give that for granted. I don't think that anyone long for like being sick. So right. I give, I give that for granted that we all long for like the basic thing, like uh, having financial stability to put food on the table, roof over your head, being healthy. So I guess that that is like the basic, but you know. My personal definition of happiness relies heavily on, you know, being able to exercise my creativity in any any shape or form. Well, you mentioned, I mean, you're
0: serving 1.3 million customers um, and probably reaching even more people in general as they share those messages out. Yeah. Um, how, and you're trying to deliver happiness or humor or, you know, emotional bond in various ways in which you're developing or helping to produce content for those customers. How does, how do you manage a culture of people that are, you know, trying to help others be happy or, you know, deliver happiness for others? What does the culture look like at ChipJab and like, how, how do you lead, lead the group?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's also interesting because this year has been different. Um, right. So, yeah. you know, I feel that um, every company around the world has been put under, their like culture has been put under like test or stress during mm-hmm. this period because, you know, when you're not all in the office, you know, dynamics change. But I am like very lucky and blessed to have a team of amazing individuals, uh, and I'm talking on the personal side and professional side, you know, um, they love the company. They love working for Jeep Job. And that's, to me, it's the biggest requirement during an interview or after an interview. Because as a manager, I I've always hated the notion of like motivating people. I do not believe in motivation. I mean, Basic motivation, yes, but I don't want to spend my days trying to motivate people. My only goal in Jibja, because people working with me are already motivated. They want to make content to make people happy. You know, that's the motto of the company. You know, we want to make people happy every day. So they really, they're like motivated by that. What I try to offer is just a vision. You know, it's like, tell them what's the plan for the year or like uh, what is working, provide some ideas, you know, brainstorming, uh, make sure that, you know, if they have like uh, feedback, if they have doubts, uh, if they have comments, uh, we hear all of them and, you know, we try to create like an environment, even if it's like virtual right now, where everyone feels included, you know, especially in the creative process. So we are lucky enough that, you know, Jeep job doesn't have clients. So I work most of my life, you know, working for clients. And that is challenging because even if you come up with the best creative ideas, you might have a client on the other side that maybe is not educated in creativity. They don't understand the power of that idea. So they start like, you know, cutting edges, you know, and at the end, that idea is just like a little fragment of what it used to be. But in jibjab we have the freedom to do whatever we want. You know, yes, we have, of course, we have some uh rules that we have to follow, and uh sometimes I come up with ideas that you know might be a little bit inappropriate for a specific audience, so we of course screen these ideas, but everything is in our control, you know so uh we had like our final you know creative hangout, uh, and I was just and I'm not great, you know I'm not a super emotional person, so I'm not great at, like you know, um, uh, say people, uh, say thanks to people without blushing or without feeling weird. I don't know why, but you know, if, if anyone in the company will listen to this podcast, I just want to say like a huge thank you because this year has been one of our biggest year in terms of like content production. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, I take probably 10%, uh, of the merit uh, for that uh, in terms of like laying down the plan but everyone working with me has been like amazing you know from the writers to the animators to people in post production uh, editors uh, you know project managers i mean um and and it and it's just amazing because going back to your question uh I don't do much for the culture because I just work uh, with the uh, people that, uh, you know, almost give me the, you know, energy to do this job, you know? Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like a, an incredible experience.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I want to, before we transition too far away from work and, what, and the projects that you're working on, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the Happy Broadcast Project. Um, and I guess, first of all, tell listeners what that's about and like where or when did it, did it begin
1: for you? It began like a couple of years ago and uh, I'm, a, I'm an anxious person we're just recording the voice, but if we were in video, I will be like sweating, blushing, uh, you know, clammy uh, hands and, and all of that uh, because I, you know, these kind of conversations or when I have to speak, maybe because I'm speaking like a different language from, you know, mm-hmm. Italian or, you know, I have to open up about like personal stuff. So I'm a very anxious person, but one of the, One of the things that I realized at some point was giving me a lot of anxiety was like the news, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, the constant barrage of, you know, bad news, uh, fear mongering headlines, all of that. You know, Mm -hmm. we live in a in a time and age of like uh, push notifications, you know, Mm -hmm. that comes from every single screen in our life on your wrist, uh, your smartphone, your tablet, your TV, your computer. So we're often bombarded by those, you know, headlines. And once I realized that there was a a big, you know, was the culprit Uh, for the majority of my anxiety, my first reaction was like, okay, I'm going to mute all the push notifications. But I was like, it doesn't feel right. You know, just ignoring the bad things in the world uh, is very dangerous because the only way we can prevent them from happening again is like knowing uh, that they exist, acknowledging their existence. So my second step was like, okay, as a creative person, what can I do? And so, and that's where the happy broadcast started because I was like, okay, I'm going to go and find the positive news because I was sure, a hundred percent sure that There are like positive news. There are like good stuff that are reported. But um, because bad news sell more, to use like a metaphor of a a newspaper, you know, the bad news are always in the cover and the good news are like page 60 in a little, you know, box at the end of the page. So my idea was like, okay, I'm going to take these, you know, good news uh, that are like hidden and uh, give them uh, like some space uh, in a format uh, that works in, in in this like social media world. Mm-hmm. So I started to collect these news. I do an illustration, very basic illustration, like a, a positive news headline, uh, bright colors uh, as a background. And I started to post them just to give people this combination of like hope, inspiration, action, I do not believe in just hope per se. I I, I just feel like that seat and hope that someone will change the world uh, is not like the right attitude. We should all feel like uh, that we have to be part of like something that we have to do a little bit to change. But sometimes we lack the inspiration because we just hear like, uh, you know, oh, climate change. You know, the world is going to end in five years. And that that thing like make you helpless and somehow paralyzes you because you're like, okay, that's it. You know, <laughs> what can I do? I'm just an average Joe sitting in my house uh, going maybe from paycheck to paycheck. I'm not like a billionaire that can save this world. But uh, so the happy broadcast has always meant to me to be like a place where people get inspired by the action of like common people that one day decided to stand up and do something even like you know there is this like uh old woman that you know uh started to collect trash on the you know this beach that was like uh, close to her house uh And, uh, you know, after like three years, uh, she collected so much garbage and she cleaned the whole thing, you know, or a guy started to plant like one tree a day. And after like many years, she planted like a forest. And it was just people that was like fed up to wait for someone to do something. So even tossing a bottle in the blue bean can have uh, incredible effects if you keep doing it. So yeah, that's basically, that was the happy broadcast It's like basically illustrated good news. Uh, and, um, I started the project and I feel like it clicked, um, somehow and, uh, you know, it went from like a, a handful of followers, my friends that usually support me, uh, <laughs> now it's like reaching like a uh, 600,000 followers, uh, Wow. And, uh, so it's, it's like, it's like a large audience. I just, you know, it, it just turned into a book, uh, that, you know, anyone can buy. So go buy it. <laughs> uh, and, um, and it really, you know, helped me as much as I think help other people, you know, it made me a more motivated person to do something. Uh, it made me a more hopeful person than I was before. Uh so when people tell me thank you for doing that I'm like uh I really I'm really grateful that I can help people but you know selfishly selfishly there is also a reason that I want it for myself you know it started as something to help me and it still is
0: I love it I love it and that, so I mean you can find it obviously we'll link to the website which takes you to Instagram and many other social feeds um, and as well as we'll link to the book as well. It's a, it's a, is a great gift. I think for, uh, given coming out of a year, that's pretty, 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 uh, pretty um, hard on everyone. Um, it's a nice uplifting thing gift to give. Thank you one last question and then i i promise i'm going to switch gears and we'll we'll do our normal questions we do at the end of every podcast uh I, but i have a question about children's books because you got into children's books as well um and uh i've thought about this myself which is kind of an odd odd transition but I, i'm curious what your experience has been making children's books
1: I think it's been like a great experience, but as as, you know, any experience has been filled uh, with, uh, you know, self-doubts, with like also learning about the market, you know, it's a very, very, very crowded market. I mean, I don't remember the specific numbers, but the number of like children's books uh, published every year is just like mind blowing. But like I said before, you know, I do things because I I want to do them and I have to do them. I never do them, especially now because I want them to be, it's like the happy broadcast, you know, I never started it because I want it to be big. If it happens, it happens. Otherwise for me, it's just another, you know, avenue to express my creativity. So growing up, uh, I've always been fascinated by children's books, but, um, you know, I feel like that the best way of expressing your creativity or what you want to say is to talk about something that you care about. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the only way you can be genuine and your passion can come through. So I try to come up with stories uh, uh, about things that I love. So my first book that I uh, co-wrote with a friend, uh, Scott, uh, which by the way is like the amazing writer also behind uh, Scott Emmons is the amazing writer also, uh, behind uh, the Jeep job Hearing review this year. Uh, um, ah, so okay. I co-wrote this book with him. So I wrote the first draft, but again, because of my patchy English, uh, I needed someone to put <laughs> it in rhyme and he's like, great for, for that, uh, very talented writer. So, and it was a book about a vampire that has like a meat diet, you know, because it's a vampire, you know, you know, vampires (laughs) feed on blood. So I was like, okay, so he's only eating meat. And once again, we go back to the butcher shop experience. Uh, (laughs) See, everything is connected. Yeah, But, you know, at some point he becomes bloated, he becomes like sleepy. So he wants to try and do something you know, different. And, uh, you know, he discovers like fruit and veggies and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not, <laughs> you know, it's a basic story as like children's book stories are. But, you know, it talks about something that I care about. And if it influences one family or one little, you know, human to <laughs> switch their diet or add more variety, I accomplish my goal. And the other books are the same. You know, I love ping pong. Mm. which is weird, but I love ping pong. So the second book was about Ping versus Pong, which is like two brothers that play ping pong and they're like the best in the world. But at the end, they have to compete, you know, because they're the best. So comes the moment where they have to, you know, play against each other. And so the book wants to teach kids on how to deal with, uh, you know, losing a game or like losing something in life. You know, yeah. uh, and how to deal with that. And the third book was about you know, uh, you know, animals and fruit combined to create like funny visual and puns and, and so forth. You know, yes. and I have like many other like books that I write uh, <laughs> when I have the idea. So, but it's never about again becoming uh, the New York Times. Right. I mean, if it if it happens, I'll be happy. But it's, it's <laughs> always about like. Doing something just to you know do it and see it like happen and published. I love that. I love that. Well, we'll see if I ever
0: get off of the off of the uh, the sidelines and, and put put pen to paper. But um, yeah, I, I, similar passions like focusing on things that I just would like to see you know in a in a book for someone versus just trying to make a commercial success of it. Um, so we'll see. Just, we'll see. Just
1: do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A big, big supporter. Yeah, just do it.
0: Cool. Well, I I let's switch gears a little bit. I we've talked a lot and we may have already covered the answer to this question, but this is my favorite question to ask everyone that comes on the show is has there been an experience of your past that defines or makes up who you are today?
1: That's a that's that's a very, very good question. And um I I feel like that you know my life you know revolves around you know if it's not clear by now I mean my (laughs) life evolves around uh, you know creativity so I, I I would say that you know the the experiences of the past that make me who I am today are like failing and find a way to, you know, find the motivation to continue because everything that I've said, all these like quote unquote success that I had in my life, uh, is just the result of like persevering on doing what you love Mm. to the point where like, it becomes a little bit of a healthy obsession, you know, (laughs) and I'll say once again, you know. I, I do not put myself in the Olympus with these people. But, you know, when you look at the life of like uh, Einstein, for instance, you see that they were like obsessed, not with like celebrity status, not with these and that. They just had the urge of keep doing, keep trying to do what they wanted to do. But their life, as much as everyone has been filled with, like, rejection, failure, self-doubt, and so forth. So what what made me who I am today is, once again, like, uh, this, like, constant process of, like, doing, despite, uh, you know, facing uh, critique, despite facing rejection, uh, despite, uh, you know, like I was saying before, you do a lot of projects that they don't go anywhere, you know, but, Back in the days, uh, it, it was taking a, 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 a toll on me, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, growing up, you learn uh, what are your priorities, uh, what you really want to do, what your legacy, what you want your legacy to be. And, uh, you know, you just try to stay, you know, focused. I love that.
0: Well, if you were starting all over again, what advice would you give your younger self?
1: Yeah, I would say exactly what I was trying to say before, which is like, you know, as a young self, uh, I was like, feel the, and young self, I could, uh, not just like in my 20s, even like a few years ago, Mm. you know, you have to challenge these feelings of like envy when you see other people succeed, when you see other people like achieving something that you you haven't been able to achieve, uh, but you think you deserve that more than other people. And it's a very common thing, you know, mm-hmm. that happens to creative people. And one of the things that I always liked about myself, that I'm not ashamed to talk about my feelings, which is something that men are usually shunned uh, about, it, you know. We should always portray ourselves as like super strong. We have no (laughs) emotions. So I've always been able to address my, you know, emotions and like uh, challenge myself to be better. So I would tell myself uh, to care more about the journey than the result. Back in the days, I was more like, uh, oh, I don't care how I get there as long as I win that or as long as I you know, get likes or recognition. And I was mm. just like not enjoying the journey. Nowadays, it, it's the opposite. I <laughs> I just want to have a ball while I'm doing things, you know, rather yeah. than focusing on, you know, the outcome of a project. Uh,
0: that's, a, that's great advice, uh, you know, focusing on the journey, not necessarily the destination or the outcome. Um it, otherwise you miss most of life, frankly, <laughs> like if I think about it, uh, you know, you, you, miss, it takes much more time to do whatever it is that you're pursuing than it does to get to the end, so to speak.
1: So, yeah. And do something that you love, which is also right. the other thing, you know, I've seen a lot of people just focusing on, you know, Oh, in 30 years, I want these and I want that. And maybe they live 30 years doing something that they don't like just because they have this like goal of like wealth or, you know, whatever, to me, it's more about, like I said before, once I take care of the basic things, roof on my head, the uh, food on the table, like good food on the table, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like doing what I, what I like, uh, you know, I, I just have at that point room to express my creativity in the best way possible.
0: Awesome. Well, this next question is a little silly, but I, I enjoy the answers I get. Um, has there been an impactful purchase of $100 or less, say, in the last year that you'd want to share with others?
1: Yeah, I, w- I mean, I would say that two things. So the first one is like Italian flour. So mm-hmm. I, I bought a lot of Italian flowers to bake uh, since I had like a lot of uh, time on my hand. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, so that's been very impactful to the point where, you know, I bought these like portable pizza oven, but next week, uh, I'll have, a uh, a contractor to build a real, you know, built in brick oven, you know, thing in my backyard. So, <laughs> uh, I, I would say that, that, the, uh, the, you know, having, uh, the time to use all this flour made me way better at baking. And so now I'm thinking already, like, how can I merge creativity and pizza, you know? <laughs> but uh, on, on, uh, and that's on the silly side, but on the other side, I, w- I, I would say that, like, buying books mm. uh, has been, like, a very good investment because going back to what I was saying about, you know, being always connected, being always on, it's it's great to, you know, take a break here and there and just do something that is more like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just reading a book, you mm. know, and take your minds off uh, pixels and blue light for, you know, half an hour. And mm. I believe in like enjoying like a variety of books, you know, gotcha. so. any Any book that stands out to you
0: that you'd recommend? That you've enjoyed?
1: I mean, as of now, uh, when I say variety of books, I, I, I buy a lot of children books, uh, like funny things, like no one likes a fart. Uh, it's like, a, <laughs> it's like, uh, a, a recent, like, uh, children's book that I got. It's very, 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 very funny. Uh, <laughs> but one of the book that I'm reading now, it's called like how the other half leaves. And it's like, uh, it's like a very interesting book about, it's a study among the tenements of New York uh, Mm. at the end of the 19th century by a Danish immigrant that started to take photographs for the first time in history of all the poor people living in these like barracks and boroughs of of New York. Mm. And um, he, I mean, he's quoted for being the, one of the first people that created this like social journalism, but it's very, very interesting because, you know, I'm Italian. And so a lot of my people, you know, uh, lived uh, in in New York and it was responsible for like building New York back in the day. So it it really paints like a, um, like a scary, but also amazing picture of, you know, how people manage to survive in, in, in the city. So it's very, it's very, very interesting. So like I was saying before, you know, you, you, you have to find that uh, that variety of like topics also in, in these things, because I I don't know, it, it gives a lot of like different inputs, you know, it feeds creativity, you know, yeah. so you go from farts to, you know, social <laughs> journalism in a heartbeat yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like it, it gives me that variety.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love the variety. Um well I have two last questions for you. Um more on like a marketing front, since typically that's what we're talking about on this show. Um one is um, you know, I guess the first question is, are there any brands or companies or causes that you follow you think other people should be taking notice of?
1: I mean I would suggest people uh, everyone to follow the humane society cuz I, I once again you know I I love animals and I and I feel like that animals needs our support uh, mm-hmm. um because as humans we can like uh you know protest uh, we can hit the streets uh, we can almost like verbalize our discontent or you know things that don't work animals they don't have that so they really need us in 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 order to protect them, advocate for them, and so forth, and I feel mm-hmm. like the humane society is doing uh, something you know amazing uh, and um one odd other cause that I strongly support uh, is like the fight against the homelessness uh, I live in l a downtown for more than a year uh and I was like two blocks from fromskidrow, so that really shocked me again, you know, Mm -hmm. I lived in LA for many years on the West side and I've seen like homelessness here and there, but I've never seen something like that in my existence. Mm. So there are like many organizations uh, that, you know, work on um, helping homeless, the homeless population in LA, but I I always support uh, these organizations called like Beauty to the Streets. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and basically every weekend they go there, they bring food, uh, in this time of COVID, they bring like masks, uh, uh, sanitizers, uh, they do hair nails, uh, bring clothes, shoes and, and whatnot. Uh, so it's a local organization, but I, I, I mean, I feel like they are, they're doing something, you know, um,
0: amazing. That's awesome. Well, my last question for you, if you were to speak to marketers and you are right now on this podcast, what do you feel like uh, you'd tell them either is the largest opportunity for them or the you know potentially largest threat that they face?
1: Great question. Um, so I'm not a marketer per se, you know, but I would say that based on my experience of like uh, decades of working with like marketing people yeah. and I've seen the evolution of marketing, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm um i feel like marketing for like uh, decades has the rules of marketing have been the same but social media disrupted uh, yeah. all these rules and in recent years we have even in social media i feel like that there has been like a lot of uh, mistakes in in the beginning but i go back to what i was saying in the beginning you know i feel like you know honesty is an amazing value when you talk about your products. Like, I feel like that this idea of like aspirational marketing uh, to me feels very stale and dishonest uh, in terms of like, you know, portraying an image, you know, selling a product using uh, like a stereotypical, you know, character doesn't Mm. work anymore. I feel like that talking, including uh, the majority of your audience into the conversation, Portraying a real image uh, of who the real people are in this world uh, is, is the best thing, which is something that we try to do in JibJab. And we haven't accomplished that yet. Uh, I mean, we're really trying to be more inclusive uh, and so forth. But as long as that comes out uh, as something that you're doing as a brand, uh, I feel like you, you can consider yourself uh, uh, on the right uh, path. So mm. to me, I would talk about you know uh, an honest way of like selling your product, and by doing that, you talk about the stories of the people. So you create like a uh, almost like a narrative around your brand uh, that revolves around the experience of your consumers, um, mm. rather than where you want to position the brand in a very tone deaf uh way right or deaf tone oh well i don't know what is the <laughs> tone deaf probably tone deaf. yeah you got okay. it okay
0: <laughs> well i think that's really wise advice um well and i i just want to say thank you for coming on the show i've learned a lot i i usually take copious notes when i when i do interviews but my front and back of my paper is full today <laughs>
1: So. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. I mean it was uh like i say i I seldom very seldom agree on doing this kind of stuff, but uh, we had a very nice conversation and thank you so much. I mean, all the questions were like great i mean uh I mean talking a little bit about my home country or like even <laughs> going in depth about talking about, you know, jeep job creativity, giving space to talk about the happy broadcast. because I really, really, really appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today.